Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this extremely rainy Wednesday evening is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, when we last spoke, uh, we said we'd be back uh, when the Islanders announced all of their eventual signings. And that was two months ago. And here we are, <laughs> September 1st, <laughs> talking about those very signings. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was a, a very odd period that I think you and I will agree Uh it was a radio silence that was in part uh, impressive and a little bit frustrating and also endlessly hilarious for those of us that enjoy the comedy stylings of one Lou Lamorello. <laughs> yeah, I think you put it perfectly. I think at, in the beginning it was it was frustrating because you just want to know, you know, we're fans. We want to know who's playing for the team. And um, and then it's, it started to become hilarious. And when other fan bases started to get annoyed and like NHL insiders started to get annoyed. <laughs> that's when, you know, that's when you could have really sit back and, you know, kick your feet up and really just kind of enjoy it because uh, it re- it really seemed from the get go, like that these guys that we'll talk about today were, were signed from right away and there was no reason to panic. And you, you, you kind of got that feeling pretty quickly on in the window, but like there still was that sense of dread. You just never knew. Um, but as as it became more and more clear that these guys were under the Lou Lamarillo cone of silence, like it was just fun. I mean, and like you said, impressive is the right word because in today's day and age, like come on, how how that, I don't think you'll ever I've ever seen anything like that in this era of sports in any sport. Uh, right. What Lou did, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, to think you know these guys didn't go into suspended animation like they were out talking to friends and their wives were talking to friends, their friends were talking to friends. Nothing got out. At all, which is really uh, something special. But the uh, the cone of silence has been lifted. The radio silence has ended. And we found out today uh, a whole bunch of deals that, like you said, were, were probably signed a while back and were just registered with the league today. Um, first of all was Casey Sezikis, who signed uh, a six-year contract worth $2.5 million a year. Uh, we'll talk about all these guys individually. Um, you know, that, that was an impressive one. Uh it's the longest, but also the cheapest. And we'll get to how those things are related in a minute. Uh, after that was Anthony Beauvillier uh, signed a three-year contract worth $4.15 million a year. Probably a little bit less than he was hoping for, but brings him uh, you know, three more years. Gets him right up to that UFA contract, which again, we'll talk about in a second. Uh, on the other side of the line is Kyle Palmieri signed for four years at $5 million a year. 
just a hair under what Jordan Eberle was making, play more or less the same position. Um, you know, Palmieri, probably more than anybody, could have written his own ticket and walked to literally any other team and uh, made more, but he wanted to stay. He fell in love with the Islanders. He's from the island originally and really wanted to stay. And then finally is Ilya Sorokin, who uh, signed a contract worth three years, $4 million a year. Um, you know, you can probably nitpick that. We'll get to it in a second. But, uh, you know, that's a pretty good deal for a guy who showed that, you know, he could play in the NHL. Um, all of these deals have kind of their their pros and cons. But to be perfectly honest, I feel like the the pros outweigh the cons. Uh, the pro, big pro being that all these guys stay on the team together, which means that they all feel like they can win. And that's, you know, really Paul Mary. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to talk to watch the videos at the Islanders site, you definitely should. Well, Paul Mary and, and Sezikis in particular talked about how, like, they want to win a Stanley Cup, and this is the team that they think can do that. Um, none of these are like bank breaking deals. Uh, they're technically over the cap, uh, the salary cap threshold right now. But Johnny Boychuk's LTIR is going to happen probably in a few weeks. That'll open up six million. So the three million that they're over by now will become you know two million extra that they can use. We'll talk about a fifth guy uh, probably at the end of this first half. But uh, what, what what were your thoughts, I guess, first of all, on the, the the big deluge of news? Like all of a sudden we went from nothing to four guys being announced essentially at the same exact time. And the fact that all of these deals are, are pretty reasonable and in some cases probably actually really, really good uh, was a weird feeling. Like, it, you know, it's the rare hockey Twitter moment that passes and everybody's like, no, oh, okay. And then we just kind of move on. Like nothing really came of it after that. Well, first of all, I want to say that it's not lost on me that today is September 1st. So Lou, <laughs> they probably are like, hey, like we got these done. When do you want to announce them? And Lou's like, hockey season starts in September. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's this August. We don't, it's July. Right. We don't talk hockey. Like we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll do it on September. And then they're like, hey, Lou, today's September. He's like, all right, fine. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think if you before the off season, you know, and, and I'm saying like even, before the Letty trade and the Eberle going to Seattle, Pellick, et cetera. Um, if you had kind of been on cat friendly and, and, you know, you and I go through all these iterations in our head and we're always talking about, Oh, if this guy signs this deal, that means they have room for this or whatever. And if you, and most of the time you're either making the, the, you're either doing like a very conservative one because you want to be realistic and you know that like, you're not going to get the perfect contract for everybody or, and, or you go, and you just go, all right, I'll just, you know, do the pie in the sky one. Um, and rarely is it kind of the what we, you know, ended up with, which is the kind of very reasonable uh, contracts for everybody because <laughs> that just doesn't really happen in today's sports either. So right. you have to overpay, like for Barclay Goodrow, or, <laughs> you know, someone signs a, a one-year $1.1 million contract and everyone's like, wow, that's a great deal. So uh, it is funny. And I think also you we all would have signed up for this kind of, post uh, off season cycle and all these deals beforehand. If you had told me that we kept basically everybody except for Letty and Aberly, uh, and that includes Palmieri and, and you bring in Parisi uh, and, you know, probably some other depth forwards, then yeah, I would have signed up for it. And I think a lot of people would have said, there's no way Luke could pull it off. Um, and he did, but uh, and like you said, like it's the fact that these guys are willingly choosing to stay uh, is still not lost on us as a fan base because we've been on the other side of that coin for so long uh, of our fandom. And so, like, to hear Casey Sezikis, uh, you know, I tweeted out today that he, like, basically wrote a, a sequel to Down Easter Alexa with, like, his <laughs> quotes, which were, you know, very emotional um, mm. and nice to read because, you know, that's how we feel about the Islanders. And uh, it's it's nice that this, this core players, and Sezikis is uh, obviously a huge part of that. And that this core of players is sticking around uh, to see this thing through. Cause you know, when, when the Islanders were in the, like the first rebuild of the, the 2010s, um, the, the Tavares core with Hamannick and Oposo and Nielsen, et cetera. Um, you figured that was the core that, that those were the guys that were going to take this franchise to the next level to bring them back to relevancy and then respectability or whatever. Uh, it is funny that it was kind of like the, the, sub headline core <laughs> of that group like the the Anders Lee Nelsons and you know you figured that those guys were going to be those are going to be the fill-in fringe players for that core and it turns out that no like this Sezikis and um Lee Nelson and and these guys Pelik and Polak like 
this is this is the core that somehow ended up being the team uh, to do it to 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 drag the Islanders into the light. And uh, it's it's really nice because Sezikis and these guys, when you listen to them talk about, it, I mean, even the way you listen to uh, Franz Nielsen in if you read that article that Arthur Staple wrote, you you read what he said about like the culture sticking in those is like in the walls here now. And it, and it was guys like Sezikis who bring it here. And he knows that, like he mm-hmm. knows how important he is to the fabric of this franchise. And that's why like him leaving, uh, even if like his, his role could be replaced one or two years down the line or even next year, whatever you want to say, like, yeah, he's not a superstar, but he's one of the best players at his exact role in the world. And uh, like, that this guy understands that he is he's an, an a sought after commodity is the point I'm trying to make. So mm. he would he could like Palmieri go out there and get a big deal. And uh but the fact that he recognizes how important that is, not just to like his teammates, but also the fan base, etc. Like that is it's so cool because it's like his role of that he plays on the ice kind of also is the role he plays off the ice, which is selfless guy who <laughs> understands that like the we is much more bigger than the me and uh when you when you read these like these quotes it's like it's really hard not to get caught up and so to see that one and to finally be able to like exhale and be like okay it's done and and like this the band is getting back together with him and martin and clutterbuck is is it was really you know touching stuff it really and yeah it's, it's, yeah it's, Zika's uh, definitely I, had the best uh the best quotes and the first one you're going to see on a hundred t-shirts if you haven't already is he wants to, he's like, I'm going to die an Islander. That's what I want. And it's like, wow, dude, <laughs> that's heavy. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's pretty heavy. But to hear somebody say that is, is really remarkable. And then the other thing too, that I, like you said, like got kind of emotional is like somebody asked, you know, who, who, who did you talk to your teammates after you signed? He's like, yeah, Cal and, and Matt were the first two people that I called up after, you know, told about the deal after his family. So like, those people, he said, this team is his family. Like, this is where he wants to be. This is his home. And those quotes and others stand in stark contrast to, you know, some others that that we've heard. Um, as there's <laughs> there's a few theories about why Lou Lamorello chose today to announce all these things. Somebody said, oh, it's 9-1. I don't know that he's quite that petty. Uh, you know, maybe it's because it's September. Maybe it's back to school. Uh, day for some people. I choose to believe that it was in celebration of uh, Zendaya's birthday, which is today. So Z- Lou, I'm sure, is a huge fan. She's a very talented lady. She's been in, uh, you know, uh, the Disney Channel shows, and now she's in Spider Man. She's in uh, Dune coming up. She's a very talented lady, Zendaya. And today's her birthday. And I, I chose. I feel like this is Lou's way of saying Happy Birthday, Zendaya. Here is our signings uh, as a gift to you. But I don't know. That, that's my own working theory. <laughs> you know um, how in like in like movies they. He, the character godfather ish character kind of like lou will do like these trust exercises to see right. like who like the rat is or whatever he'll tell <laughs> one person what they went versus the other thing i really wonder if all these guys kind of thought that like you know right. through, hey you're not allowed to it was like a test it's like he was saying like look you're not gonna you're not allowed to say anything till september and if anyone <laughs> does we'll know who it is yeah. because you know somebody out there will dave pagnata is gonna tweet it yeah. and if that if it's dave pagnata we know it's you, Anthony Beauvillier, or if it's Michael Russo, we know it's you, Zach Parisi. <laughs> we know who you are. I going to say, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's just, I mean, there's a book to be written about how this all stayed secret for so long. But uh, but yeah, you know, Sezikis, you know, and the other thing too is like, so it's a six-year contract, which is obviously like a lot, but it's like to get it that cheap, it's got to be long. And Casey wanted to be here. And, you know, we, and we talked about this before, like the thing about that line is that you know, as, as good as they are together, Casey's really the guy that kind of makes the thing work. Um, not that Cal and, you know, Martin don't have their own personal skill sets, too. They do. But without Sezikis, that line ain't going to work. And, you know, they got Martin signed last year. Again, same kind of deal. Four-year contract. Seems like, why are you giving Matt Martin four years? Well, A, he's only a $1.5 million a year. And B, the guy wants to stay. And so those two are now signed. Uh, and Clutterbuck is coming up on his final year. I expect him to sign. Probably he'll probably get the same thing that Martin got. You know, four years, uh, 1.5. Now Cal is a couple of years older. He's 33. Uh, Martin is 32, and Sezikis is 30. So, you know, those guys they play a bruising style, obviously. But I mean, if they're going to keep it that low, uh, and they want to be here and they are still effective, there's really no reason not to do that. Cal, you know, 
I think maybe was hurt the last couple of years and uh, he can stand to get a little bit healthy. So hopefully he did this summer. Um, the other big one was Anthony Beauvillier again, three-year contract, um, you know, 4.1 for a guy with his skill set is really, really good. He's gotten better, uh, defensively. He certainly can score offensively, although like guys like Brock Nelson and, and Josh Bailey, like they're known for having slumps. Although I guess Nelson's kind of worked his way out of that phase, Bailey, not so much. Um, you know, obviously uh, Beauvillier scored in the biggest Islander playoff goal in years, uh, in game six against the lightning in the semifinals. Um, you know, it, it, him and, and Palmieri and Sorokin, you know, the easy thing to look at the end and be like, and that's, I guess not so much Palmieri, but like to be like, okay, well, he's going to be UFA in three years and be 27, which is like that prime age. Um, you, you know that the Habs are going to come bringing every possible thing they can to Beauvillier were he to reach UFA status at 27. Like they would literally give him everything that they could possibly give him to come over there. You know, does that mean he's leaving in three years? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but that, that's okay. That does give you a little bit of pause. Same with, you know, uh, with Sorokin. It's just another problem kind of lay on there. But, you know, as our friend Kerry Haber has pointed out for both of these guys, for all these guys, the window to win is right now. So we don't need to worry about year three. We need to worry about year next year, this coming year, maybe the year after. And, you know, even the year after to see, you know, what they can do within the confines of the season. And if they can win a Stanley cup in that time and, you know, one of these guys walks as UFA, well, you know, that's just kind of the, the, the way it, it is. Um, but they all recognize that their window to win is right now. And so if it means a little bit less that Anthony Bavillier takes a little bit less and the team has to give up a couple of years to make this work and keep that window open right now, they're going to do that. And so that, you know, that, all these deals kind of fall into that kind of category for me. Like the window is right now and the worry about year three, <laughs> you know, when, when they get there and, uh, and they'll figure it out. Um, you know, with Sorokin, you could, you could complain maybe that his, he doesn't have quite the NHL resume. It's really just the one, you know, half season and really even you know, played a half of that really. Um, but I think if you watched him, you saw that the, the, the skill is there and the more he gets used to it, the more he gets used to the coaches that four million a year could potentially be a real bargain for him, uh, and that'll take him to you know three years. The UFA, Sabin Varlamov has two years left, so you know there'll be one year where it'll be Sorokin, and who knows? But uh, yeah, you know, and all these, uh, I, I think both of those guys are kind of on the same page. Is like they got to keep that window open, and it's right now, and uh, then they'll worry about it later on <laughs> and see see where we go. And you know, it's immediate like. Again, we, we're all kind of traumatized by UFAs here, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that then. And I think that's that's a valuable lesson for all of us to learn. Don't worry about it. Just we'll worry about that when we get there. Yeah, I think that's the kind of key theme to the this offseason for the Islanders is like the Islanders got out of the Andrew Ladd contract and they got out of it without, you know, really hurting themselves all that much. It, it's really crazy. Like I thought about that again today. I'm like... Andrew Ladd's not on this team anymore. It's just insane. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's crazy. And 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 like even the Boychuk one, which worked worked out in a different way, but it's still yeah. you know like things are going to happen. Things are going to change. There's always a way out. And I think if if what's scaring you off uh, for a team like this is like years five and six of a Casey Sezikis contract or year you know five of Palmieri or however long he signed for, um, you know the, you're you're probably going to uh, lose the forest for the trees a bit. Like, yeah, there's clearly a contender here. They're um, going to be among the, you know, that mid mid fringe, like 20 to one range on to win the Stanley cup. They're the, they're a lukewarm favorite to win the division. Like there there's the, like you said, the window is now the window is next year and you hope the year after that. And it's much easier to keep a window open than to create one. Like, Look at the Buffalo Sabres. Look <laughs> at the and to create one as kind of stable as we are in right now, too. Um, think about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, do you think when they were giving out extensions, they're signing people in 2011? They were worried about 2017. No, they were just making the playoffs every year, and that also gives players incentives to cut you a deal that's friendly to the team. And uh, that's something. Once again, like if the Islanders wanted to get a free agent. Uh, Andrew Ladd, for example, they needed to overpay because, uh, you know, this, it was a 
it's not a great place to come for your <laughs> uh, prospects of winning a Stanley Cup, or it wasn't at that point, at least. And now it's changed. So, like, that's what's so great about these deals. And we'll keep, you know, this. I think that's a great thing. Like, it's really nice because in sports, like, this is so rare still. Like, it's so rare to to see like these guys c- commit to the team in this era of like player empowerment and whatever, which is all, you know, well and good. Like go get the money you deserve. You hear it on every podcast. Like, Oh, I think, you know, this guy is going to walk because he wants to see what he's worth out there. And it might mean signing for the Anaheim ducks or whatever, but uh, you hear it all the time. And with the Islanders, it's never really what it is. Like there's that possibility. But when, when the pre like off season podcasts were coming out, it's like, you know, Casey Zizekas, he probably wants to know what he's worth, but in the end he'll, he'll come back to the Islanders because that he this culture is probably worth more than that uh to him to his to his bottom line um and then yeah like you said with Sorokin and Beauvillier I think are interesting for a couple reasons because I think what the Beauvillier contract shows you is that like you said there's kind of understanding among everybody Mm. this thing is like probably at least you know a couple more you got we got a couple more cracks at this can uh because if if he wanted to sign something you know long term or whatever uh, it, it, he, the Islanders probably have to, would have to pay more and to get into his uh, UFA years. If he did something short, it would have been a little scary. Uh, but like he's saying, that, no, you know, I'm not just giving you one more year. Like you'll see guys sign for that one one year uh, extension. Like he's saying, oh, you know, I'll do I'll do three here and and buy that year of UFA because it means that much to him too to, to kind of do it here. And like you said, who cares? You know, right now, <laughs> who cares? Three years down the road, who comes for him and. Uh, I think like the Sorokin deal was the big wild card of the whole offseason uh, for the Islanders. Mm. I think maybe outside of the Pelic deal, but uh, you know he's that the fan base has fallen in love with him. He's played <laughs> well enough for that to be not just you know a tongue in cheek thing. Like he's been really really good. He stole that game five. He won that Sanguine series. Like the Islanders don't get to where they they got to without him. Oh yeah, um, he, he literally won a playoff series, for right? <laughs> and and people forget about it just because you know the Bruins series and the Lightning series are so epic too. And uh, then you know his like post game interview, uh, post season interview where he was talking about the Josh Bailey song, which was just endear. He's like such an <laughs> endearing guy, and he gave this like really funny Russian uh, media uh, interview, and he's just like this guy's. He seems great. So he reminds me a lot of Evgeny Nabokov, like mm. his sense of humor and stuff. Uh, and I think when you look at goalies, you want to look at them combined. Like, so you're saying like, oh, four million might be uh, a steal down the road for Ilya Sorokin. It might, it might be too much. However, you feel about it. what you want to do with goaltenders, especially now with the way teams split it, is you want to look at it together, mm-hmm. right? So it's four for Sorokin, five for Varlamov, I believe. So you're talking about nine million dollar cap hit for your goalies for next season. And you look around the league, like the Islanders have one of the best goaltending tandems in the NHL, and it costs less than. Sergei Bobrovsky and it costs you know in the same range as you know a, it, 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 a lot of other tandems that aren't mm. as good like there are teams with some troubling goaltending situations and the Islanders aren't one of them and you know it's nine I would pay the nine ten eleven whatever million dollars against the cap for that uh to have that kind of peace of mind and uh so I'm 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 not I'm really just it's really oh I can't really poke any holes in, in any of these deals it's no. it's it's something and, yeah. and you know lose back to, i know that like hockey twitter loves to go and make fun of the back-to-back gm of the year stuff but i mean i don't really know considering the wall he was back up against um how who's had a more impressive offseason than, than this management team because they really they got out of this knife fight like unscathed somehow yeah, this has got to be one of the more successful off seasons the Islanders have had in a long time. Regard, you know, you got these signings here, you've got the jettisoning in jettisoning of Andrew Ladd, which was a, a thing that I think a lot of us didn't think was going to happen. They traded Nick Letty, and we'll talk about the defense in the second half and how that's shaped up a little bit uh, lately. They haven't quite replaced yet Letty yet, but again, getting him off the books was kind of a big deal. Um, they, you know, let Jordan Everly go to to Seattle, which, you know, was hard to watch, but I think we can kind of agree was probably the, the best possible, um, you know, outcome of that aside from like losing somebody that wasn't on the, the roster, like a, you know, like a Thomas Hickey or somebody like that. Um, and so, and then, but then they signed, they turn around, you know, and signed Paul Mary, which, you know, to me again, was the guy probably more than the other three 
I thought would kind of walk. Yeah, he had a good time when he was here. Yes, he's from the island, but I could see somebody coming up and being like, hey, why don't we, you know, maybe Seattle would be like, hey, why don't you come play here? We'll give you six or seven million a year. Um, but he signed for five million, which was a shade under Eberly's five and a half. Uh, he signed for four more years, which was one more than, than I think Eberly had on his thing. And, you know, he's a pretty versatile guy. Now, you know, as great as he was in the playoffs, let's not forget the 17 games he had with two goals uh, prior to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, last year was was a fairly down season for him. But I think now with the the familiarity, he's going to have a full training camp with them. They're going to have, obviously, a brand new building at some point, And he's got four years to go. I think that you'll see a much more comfortable and a probably a much more productive Kyle Palmieri. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's it's, it's really hard to find fault. I mean, you know, Loyal listeners to this show will know that we could pretty much find fault with anything or at least find some kind of dark cloud looming in the distance. And and we've given a couple, but I mean, honestly, it's, it's very hard to, to be this satisfying, you know, and, and once the deal for uh, Zach Parisi uh, comes to fruition and the estimable Michael Russo of the athletic has already tweeted that it has in fact happened. It just hasn't been (laughs) registered yet. Um, we're assuming it's for the minimum, you know, or maybe something like a million dollars, something not, not, you know, uh, too, too much. Uh, you know, that'll be another feather in their cap. And, you know, as I tweeted, yes, he's a hundred years old and he's not what he was, but it will feel great to right a wrong that never should have happened from what, what was it? 17 years ago, 18 years ago. I don't even Yeah, 2003. I mean, I mean God, it's just 18 you know, years in the making for this yeah. one. That's... It'll it'll feel nice, and I, whatever he does, I, I don't care. Like just the fact that he's <laughs> yeah. here, he's here, and it is done. That is one skeleton you can <laughs> take out of the closet and just throw it in the trash and be done with it. You know, uh, uh, and it finally happens. So you know, there's... it's a pretty successful off season, all things considered. I don't know why, but a couple of months ago, maybe this was pre, even in the before the last season. I was watching the 2003 entry draft on NHL Network. Um, and because it was basically, uh, you know, they were just talking about how, you know, legendary that draft class was. It's just mm. with all the stars that have come out of it. And, uh, and then and then there's always the talk about, I think it was like Hugh Jessamine for the Rangers. And <laughs> then they talk about Robert Nelson and the Islanders. And it's just, like you said, it's just when you watch that draft, obviously Pierre Maguire before going viral was a thing, kind of went hockey viral with his lamenting about Zach Parisi not like falling down the board. And then when the Islanders didn't pick him, he, he, someone had to lift him off the floor and like resuscitate him with the, the, the the things, the paddles, uh, because he just couldn't believe that the team had his dad. He was a perfect fit and they'd get Robert Nilsson. And, you know, I was thinking about Parisi today and just had the Islanders drafted and then like, you know, they probably want to get Ryan Smith. Like those, mm. those, those era, that era of Islanders would have been so different. And uh, it would have changed every, he was like a good enough player, especially in his prime, that it would have changed everything. Like they probably want to get Tavares because they wouldn't have been that bad. Josh Bailey, of course, would come. He was destined. The second Josh Bailey was born, he was destined for the Islanders. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's so funny to think about that. And now, yeah, like you said, it's after so many fits and starts, it's, uh, he's here. And, I, I, it's so funny that you said that, like, you don't care how, what he does. Like, I thought the same exact thing. I started laughing thinking like, <laughs> you know, you could just see him like going the way Brian Ralston did when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, but the attitude would just be so different. Like there right. were people lining up to drive Brian Ralston or whatever, uh, you know, destination he wanted to be traded to and at that uh, trade deadline. Mm. And, uh, whereas Parisi, I don't think so. I think he, it'll be very different. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to take him, 30 seconds to become mm. an Islander. Like, Oh yeah. And he'll say it like right after like Pajot did. And then he's going to, I think he's going to love it here. Like that guy, mm. this part of his career, um, you know, with, with the history he has with the, the team and stuff, it's, uh, it's going to be great. I think uh, it's, it's something that I, I not just, is not just great fodder for fans, but I mean, the column inches that some of these uh, national writers are going to be able to get out of Zach Parisi oh, yeah. is just going to be, so great like they're yeah. they're probably you know drooling over themselves a little bit um <laughs> yeah and so it's 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 you know it, as long as it as long as it doesn't come out that he signed like an 11 year deal worth 
seven million. Like it's that not, is the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like but, assuming he signs for right. the minimum or something, you know, again, a, a million, I could totally buy it. It's fine. The Andy Green uh, treatment, where, right. where you know, the, all of a sudden we all thought he had like two million dollars of bonuses against the cap, and it wasn't that because some right. I don't know. Like it, I think he'll <laughs> he'll probably get uh, that, and and uh, it's just it's. Right. I mean, welcome finally. Right. Well, welcome to the party. And I and I think it's a good spot for him too. I mean, again, this is very being very optimistic, but you know, he's not going to be he's got not going to need to carry anything. He's not going to need to be the face of the franchise. If he can if he can, you know, skate on a third line role, be productive, be defensively responsible and chip in on the power play, especially on the power play. Like I think a lot of us will for you know, there might be some people out there, "Ah, we don't need this guy." You know, if he starts scoring power play goals, <laughs> I think we'll all understand why he was brought in. But you know, for the, for the price and and for the uh, you know the, the spot, and if, again, getting back to what we said before, like he wouldn't sign here if he didn't think they were going to win. Like he's not just going to leave and come here. You know, I mean, I think if the Islanders were not particularly good, I don't think he would have come here and he would have signed with you know L.A. or something like. That. Yeah, or or it would be treated differently. It would have been treated yeah. like you know, hey, like when. Right. Patrick Marlowe signed somewhere or something or whatever. They're like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like he'll be traded at the deadline or something yeah. like uh, he's, you know, he's just going to get the reps in until he gets traded to go right. find, try to, you know, hook up with whatever team at the, uh, is contending. But yeah. it, I mean, the way that the, the deal is, has been treated and all these deals have been treated is, is even from last summer, like very different. Like the whole, it, it seems like finally, like that the Islanders have earned actual, respect like and like full-blown respect at this point mm. um and this is this the way that the the offseason was handled from the not releasing the signings to the fact that like like can you imagine the circus that would have <laughs> happened if like after like five days uh in like the 2011 offseason with like gar snow in charge if the Islanders hadn't announced anything like this, is the absolute oh circus God. like that yeah. would be going on because it'd be like, Oh, well the Islanders probably like their fax mis- machine must be down or something right. like here. It's no, like this blue has a plan here and like people are treating it like it's smart business. And it kind of was, and uh, it rubbed the people that we like to rub the wrong way, the wrong way too. <laughs> so like that was an added bonus. And uh, yeah, seriously, uh, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Like the, the, you know, we, you you, you want it, to it's sometimes it's hard to you know just kind of take a big thirty thousand picture view of things but you look at it now and the islanders just when they were on the ice like people would be nice and talk about them be like oh they're playing well barry trot's great coach etc cetera, etc cetera. but now it's like literally everything that they're doing now is earning praise from from people right. who who you respect yeah it's cool. It's cool to see. Um, speaking of uh, trades and stuff, before we take a break uh, and go into the second half, um, I just noticed that none of these guys have any sort of trade protection. N- you know, no, no, no movement clauses, no modified, no trade clauses, none of that kind of stuff. Not that I'm sure Lou is, you know, looking to trade any of these guys, but that that could be potentially something to look for. You know, again, once they get towards the end of these contracts, which is going to be for a while. Um, but uh, you know, it's just another. Another kind of Lou Lamorello thing. Like he doesn't really do that. I mean, Anders Lee kind of got that. Nelson did. Uh, Pajot did. But I mean, it's not really the kind of thing that, you know, normally there are teams that give these things out like candy. Like the Flames, for whatever reason, are always giving out no trade clauses. And then it's always like they have to sweeten a deal to get rid of somebody to move them on. So uh, just uh, one, one more layer that uh, works in the Islanders favor. Okay. We are going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the defense, including the guy who, Signed a while back. I guess we could have done an episode, but it didn't seem like it made sense to do one episode on him and then waiting for the other stuff. But we'll talk about him now because uh, he's earned it. So uh, come back in a couple of minutes. Plus, we got a whole bunch of other topics to talk about. So come back in a couple of minutes. All right. Thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our favorite sponsor is still VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have hats. They've got all kinds of stuff. You should really check out Vintage Ice Hockey. It's amazing. Our friend Kevin does a great job there. They're always there up. They're always adding new stuff. And they also have our, our Al Arbor t-shirts. Uh, and if you buy one, our entire portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, you can also use the code Lighthouse15 to save 15% off your order. That is at VintageIceHockey.com. Get it now so you're ready for the season. And uh, check it out all year long. Okay, uh, breaking news. So I was on Cap Friendly when I said that there were no no moving clauses or anything in those previous contracts. And then as soon as I said that, Mike pointed out that Cap Friendly amended their page to say that actually Palmieri does have a full no movement clause in the first two years and then a modified one in the second two. So uh, one one guy, I was I thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, boy, guys his age usually get that kind of stuff. Yeah. But in any event, so he's the only guy, I guess, with the modified no move clause. But, uh, you know, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. But anyway, so there you go. Breaking news. I'm not going to go back and, and edit out what I just said because <laughs> <laughs> it was true at the time and then it was not in the middle of our commercial break. Uh, okay, um, so... We alluded before to the fact that there was a signing earlier in the summer, and it was the team's probably biggest RFA and certainly most important defenseman. It was Adam Pellick, who signed uh, an eight-year deal uh, worth $5.75 million a year. Now, this deal came before arbitration they were they, you know they had arbitration I think two days later, but uh, as as usual, these things get signed just before that and uh you know, there was a lot of kind of wondering what kind of contract Adam Pellick would get. He's primarily a defensive player. He doesn't really have a whole lot of offensive stats uh, to, to speak about, but he's so good defensively and is such a linchpin to what the Islanders do that he's this kind of rare unicorn in the NHL that just is a black hole of other teams' offense. He just so he just soaks up whatever the other players are doing and just, you know, deposits it in some other dimension somewhere. And not a lot of guys can do that. And, you know, what would a guy like that get paid now? We just don't have players like that that much anymore. Well, the answer, uh, at least for Lula Amarello, is $5.75 million a year for the next eight years, and which is, I mean, maybe amongst all of these things, probably the, the best contract they signed. You know, 5.75 is not nothing. But if you look at other deals for other defensemen in this league, you know, Seth Jones is making like, what is it, $8 million, $7 million, something like that? Yeah. He's, Guys he's, are making a lot of I think he's at nine. I think oh, it's nine. Sorry, nine. Rowenski's nine. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot. I don't. I didn't see what Pareko was, but I saw he was eight years today. And, like, yeah. Th- that was that oh, was. Oh, Pareko is six something. Yeah. Uh, that, was the, that. that was the theme of the, you know, that couple weeks of the offseason was that all these defensemen were flying off the shelves at exorbitant yeah. prices. It's crazy. And so here comes Adam Pellick in eight years. Like, you know, this is, <laughs> this is a long time now. It's going to put him well over a decade in blue and orange. For a very reasonable five seven five, and like, I just laughed when when they tweeted that. I think it was Elliot Friedman or maybe it was Arthur Staple. I'm not even sure who had it first. I just laughed. I laughed because I'm just like, that's an absurd deal. And that was really the first I think domino in the whole. You know what we saw today, which was like, guys know that this team is good. Their window is now. They want to be here now. And if taking a haircut. You know, I mean, he's still making five point seven five. Let's not be let's be honest. But like, he could have probably squeezed them for six or seven, and he would rather take a deal that's a little bit more modest to allow other guys to sign and keep the thing going. And that's that's just unbelievable. And like, that's crazy. And I know some people are like, well, you know, he didn't have the offensive numbers. Well, he wouldn't get he wouldn't have gotten that high probably anyway. Yeah, maybe not. But dude, it's still the NHL. Guys get crazy contracts all the time that don't deserve it. <laughs> Like it just happens all the time. And this guy could have gotten one of those and he didn't because he wanted to stay here and he was honest and he wanted to stay. And so Adam Pellick, we salute you. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like this, it's just awesome. And if he can continue to be as good as he is, or even God forbid, get, you know, get better. 
the Islanders are going to be, this is going to be one of the best contracts in the league for a very, very long time. We talk about like the Islanders being an outlier a lot um, in the way they run things, the way they're treated, the way they play. Um, the fact that they're kind of predictive analytics don't really tell the whole story, just all this stuff. And uh, one other thing is that you, all you hear about from uh, the, the second, the Stanley cup is awarded to right before free agency. And by the way, basically all year is comps you hear mm. you know that the league is run on comps the contract like you, you know i'm brady kachuk i'm i want this because <laughs> you know this guy got this deal Corey perry got this deal whatever it is um for the islanders that seems to not matter and it's the players have kind of said that too like Sazika said today he wasn't looking around at anybody else's mm. uh deals because as we read today in that article like you know sean corrali and barclay goodrow like those guys were were getting paid pretty good money uh for for basically the same kind of role as Zekas. And like we just said before, the defensemen were the market for defensemen was just bananas and he's was very reasonable and he said it when he got interviewed saying like, you know, we just don't look at we didn't look at that because this is where I want to be. And and uh that is different from a lot of other teams. Like it's just the way it is. Like the Islanders are they're, they're not you know, every I know that it's a business and sports is a business or whatever, but they're not really run that way. It doesn't feel like that a lot of the times because of the small, tight knit uh, fan base and and kind of the fact that they're just like in the <laughs> suburban sprawl. Um, and but with other teams, like it's just that's not really ha- possible. Like look at what happened with Mitch Marner. Like mm. look at those deals. Like they, those guys knew that they could squeeze the Leafs for every penny because you know the Leafs not only do they have the money and like the market share, but like if the Leafs don't do what you know if they didn't sign those guys it would have been a national calamity same with the canadians like if they they didn't if they weren't able to bring back you know jeff petrie if he was a free agent or something in adam pellick's shoes uh, i would have been a huge deal so like there is much more leverage here whereas like you know if casey zizekas or adam pellick don't really push the islanders like that no one's going to notice it's not like going to be this sports talk radio stuff for 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 (laughs) hours and hours every day so it's it's just like the Islanders are just very different in, in so many ways. And, and right now it's, uh, it's a good thing. Like it's really, it's, it's nice that people are, uh, they understand the players understand this and respect it. And uh, that, you know, there is a, a, a lot to, to really enjoy about playing for this team when they're good. Uh, and it, that could just be why it's worth, you know, signing the, for less dollars to, for more long-term commitment as we've seen from these guys and, uh, it's really, it's kind of sh- like the, the Palmieri thing for sure. Like so many things had to go right for him to stick around, <laughs> but it seemed clear from the get go that he was willing to wait that out. Like he mm. was willing to see if, if those things did break his way. Cause he wanted to be here. And, uh, you know, even Pelic at the same, the same way too. Like he could have, you know, done the one year deal thing and, you know, just kicked the can to next summer and got through the sole exercise and, he had more, much more leverage than he ended up like utilizing and didn't because the of probably the intangibles of living on Long Island as a really rich person and being, <laughs> you know, and raising a family here and playing for Barry Trotz and, you know, all this stuff. Like you're, there's so many things that, uh, you know, these guys weigh and it, mm. it's nice that they, uh, they, they deem them valuable enough to, to not go chase, you know, the six, six million or 10 million or whatever, whatever they could have got on the, on the open market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All that, you know, it's that, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, as far as Adam Pellick with that defense, so he'll be back. Ryan Pollock, uh has to, be, this is his final year. He needs to be re-signed. He'll be a UFA at the end of next season. That's the next big one that we're going to sweat out <laughs> this, this season. And we we'll have to hope that, you know, the Islanders can find, a way to sign him. Uh, you know, they got some, some guys coming off the books next year. I think Leo Komarov is going to come off the books next year. And again, Cal Clutterbuck, I assume will be resigned for probably less than he's making now. Um, so they'll have to figure it out. Uh, Scott Mayfield is back. He's got two more years before he's in uh, UFA. Noah Dobson is obviously still, still here. He'll need a new contract next year too. Um, the one thing though, and obviously Johnny Boychuk comes off the books next year, but he's going to go on LTIR uh, this year to make a little bit more room. Um, one thing about the defense, though, that's weird is that they did trade Nick Letty and haven't really replaced him. You know, we kind of figured that they would sign somebody. A lot of the guys we thought they would sign 
all went other places. Jack Johnson today signed with the Avalanche. So if you were worried that the Islanders might, you know, pick up Jack Johnson, the most one of the most reviled players in the entire league, you can rest easy. He's Colorado's problem until he's next year. Somebody's problem next year, probably. Um, so that's kind of a weird thing. I mean, we're assuming that, you know, Parisi will be announced at some point. Um, is somebody else lurking out there? Who knows? Uh, you know, Zdeno Char hasn't signed with anybody yet. He's 40 whatever years old. I'm He's still effective, but I mean, is that the guy the Islanders have on their radar? Would he even want to come back here? Imagine, imagine killing those two birds in the same, st- the same stone, the same summer, <laughs> Parisi and Chara. Go figure. I don't know if, I don't know if we could take it. I don't yeah. know if we could stand it. Um, but, uh, you know, there are some internal options. Um, uh, Thomas Hickey's still here. <laughs> Sebastian Ajo is still here. You've got guys like Robin Sallow and Samuel Bulldog, who had good seasons last year in Europe and the AHL. Don't think that they're quite ready. Arthur mentions that in his in his article. So that's kind of the weird thing that's hanging out here. As good as this offseason has been, I think as, as good as we can all feel as fans, there is kind of that spot in the lineup on the left side in the second defensive pairing. Maybe it's Thomas Hickey to start the season. Maybe they're going to do that and just kind of start with either Hickey or Ajo to start the season and then see where it goes. And then, you know, maybe fix the problem. If it arises, uh, maybe platoon, both of them. I, I don't know. So, you know, that's kind of the one thing that's sort of hanging out there to be like, what are they doing with this? But, but then again, you know, you could listen to this and then tomorrow morning on Thursday morning, they could just sign somebody and the whole thing becomes moot. But that's the one question mark we really have right now. If you're plotting out this lineup, who lines up next to Scott Mayfield in that second defensive pairing mm-hmm. and, and can they be as effective as Nick Letty? And, and what Good and question. what it costs too, right? Like, yes, <laughs> is it going to cost? If it costs Josh Bailey, like then all of a sudden the entire offseason changes, the mood <laughs> of the offseason changes, and it right. you know it, it's it becomes ruthless. And uh, but like it's just I think if they are able, first of all, I I actually think the the Aho Hickey Bolduc like having those options, sure they're not going to blow you off the page right now, but like at least they have you know some options, and if somebody wins that role, it means that they're playing well. Uh, mm. So. That's I'm not like it's a flaw for sure. Like, and it's a if if it's not addressed, it's it's a big problem. And I'd be pretty upset with Lou. But um, <laughs> like right now, like it's 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 not like we're 40 games into the season. You, you can see you can definitely can see how things shake out. And and they're mm. you they bought themselves time by filling out the rest of the roster. Like they're so deep everywhere else, at least until you know to start um, that. And the goaltending is good enough that you it, it's not a fatal flaw. Like you look around the division, there's a lot of teams with much bigger problems than the Definitely. Islanders have <laughs> as, in their you know who, in their second left D spot. And um, so that that is at least encouraging. But yeah, it's got to be addressed. And hopefully, you know, well, I think what what we saw was uh, there were some you know when during the cone of silence era, there were some uh, <laughs> there were some jokes like you know who the Islanders could really use right now is Nick Letty. And it's it's sure like he would fill fit right back mm. in on that spot, but uh, as we can see now, if, if they had his contract on the books, right, uh, it would have been a pretty big problem. Uh, so it's it it is what you know in that with where's Letty's concerned, it is what it is. And uh, but uh, yeah, you know, it's the type of thing you just got to kind of wait and see. We also like don't know who else has signed contracts with the Islanders? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. like, we don't know about Del Cole. It seems like he's right. on, on board. Zajac's uh, on board. Uh, uh, Bellows, Coivola, uh, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. So. And, and like, there could be a couple, you know, depth defensemen there too, or we don't know right. how much cap space they'll have left after those guys. Like, right. Uh, so, the, you know, the cone of silence, yes, it's been lifted, but like we're, we're it's still very vague. Things are very vague around <laughs> the, the Islanders still. And it's nice. It's kind of funny that way, but, uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm expecting things to to be addressed because this this off season that's kind of been the the theme of like, you know, the, mm. the Islanders had a checklist. It was trade Nick Letty, get Jordan Everly's contract off the books to Seattle, get Andrew Ladd's contract off the books, bring back all the RFAs um, and Palmieri, and uh, all those things have been taken care of. So right. at this point, at least, there's no reason to to not believe that the next thing and perhaps. Most important thing left on the checklist, it definitely is the most important thing left on the checklist, is to sign that second uh, pair of defensemen on the left side. Yeah. Maybe maybe one day we'll we'll do a pessimistic outlook episode and we'll just like <laughs> say, okay, okay, well, in two years, we're going to have to trade this guy to make room for this, you know. But, uh, yeah, glass, that, that is, yeah, glass half empty. I, <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. it is, I do catch myself like glowing and I'm like, it, it almost makes me a little sick. 
when I'm like, you know, just like so optimistic about this yeah. team. Like this is, this is I mean, making, it's making me a little uneasy right now. There, there is no reason to be, but yeah, I, I was talking about the defense, the defense and assuming that the person would be a free agent, but yeah, you just brought up a good point. Like what if they address that spot with a trade and then all of a sudden it's like, mm, and now this, this very good off season just became a little bit less good. But uh, yeah, so there's your, there's your roster as of September 1st, just before 8 o'clock uh, in the evening. So uh, we'll see what happens when uh, you listen to this episode uh, on Thursday, September 2nd. Um, okay, uh, real quick, uh, we're going to talk about something that I think most podcasters have to talk about at some point, uh, which is when somebody takes words you've said and makes an off-Broadway play about them. It's a very common thing amongst podcasters. As we all know, this happens all the time. Uh, and it's our turn, basically. It, it became our turn this summer. Uh, I'm going to see the floor mainly to you because you saw Islander, the play, and uh, we want to hear your your thoughts on it. Um, you know, there's some articles about it. It's it's weird to see that, you know, people took, again, your things you said. I don't remember half the things we say on this podcast <laughs> at all. Uh, and, you know, I'm sitting here saying them right now. So it, it is a little bit weird uh, that somebody wrote them down and then had some actor uh, say it. Uh, but, uh, you know, you actually took it in and saw it. So, I mean, let, let, let's hear it. What, what are your thoughts uh, about the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, the the experience itself, like, of, like you, what you said, like someone – taking the podcast and using it verbatim for for an off-Broadway play about the season that John Tavares left. It was a little bit like a fever dream watching it. Like you're just, I was like, <laughs> if, there was one point in the play where I thought that the, the spotlight was just going to shine on me and like a bunch <laughs> of people, a bunch of people that like in my life were going to come out from backstage and be like, we got you, like you deserve <laughs> this, like for what you did back then. Like this was a huge over the top prank that was funded <laughs> and everything. But uh, Cause like there were parts of it where I was just like watching you hear parts of the podcast and like, like Whoa, like a little weird, but um, the, yeah, I think like you and I both had a legitimate gripe with the first New York times article mm. that came out. Like I think it was very legitimate and it's okay to be upset about stuff like that. And, and, um, uh, but I didn't want to say anything until I actually saw the play because the way that that article had kind of made it seem was that, uh, this was a play kind of condemning the Islander fan base uh, and bucketing them all into this one group of, uh, you know, white toxic males. And mm-hmm. uh, our, since the podcast was mentioned, like if you read that article, you would have thought if you were, you know, a Carolina Hurricanes fan, and you're like, wow, this is weird. Someone wrote an off-Broadway play about the Islanders. Um, and then you read that article, you're like, oh, it's about this fan base being, you know, these crazy, you know, over the top, uh, you know, white toxic males. And this podcast, Islanders Anxiety, must be exactly what, you know, (laughs) must be the ringleaders. Like, they Mm. must be the worst guys on the planet. Um, And so, you know, you you read that, like, it it didn't didn't sit right at all. Like, I had a lot of people texting me. And and, and also, like, we should say a lot of people uh, tweeted at, uh, like, the article and were, like, stood up for us, which was really kind of Mm. encouraging uh, to hear and to read. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to see it before, like, you know, I, I went and, you know, called a bunch of lawyers or something and like, (laughs) (laughs) and so I, uh, you know, I did and it, it wasn't like what you thought, like it wasn't Mm. some, you know, reductionist like thing where it's like making fun of, you know, sports fans for being, or Islander fans specifically for being these like. I don't know, crazy lunatics and bad people. And uh, it like, it seemed much more genuine than it was. Like I thought it was just going to be some sermon and, uh, or like just somebody reading and like using, you know, cultural buzzwords and stuff about kind of the, the culture of sports and sports fandom, which we know can be pretty terrible at times, especially (laughs) for, you know, women and people of color, et cetera. Like we get, like we understand that and, I was very nervous, like for that reason that we were going to be branded as part of the problem. And nobody really was branded as part of any problem. It was just like <laughs> literally about a person, uh, a big Islander fan who was going through kind of the roller coaster ride of John Tavares this last season. Uh, but he only spoke in verbatim 
dialogue mm. to himself, like out loud to nobody in particular for most of the play, <laughs> just like literally, like literally to the crowd. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of like weighing the, the existential crisis of losing the, you know, most important person in, in her, his life, which was John Tavares, which is true for a lot of us. Like mm. at the time, like this, it was, he was one of the most important people in our lives. And, um, you know, that's what the play was. And if it mm. was branded as that, like, here's like these Islander fans and like kind of the depths of themselves trying to like reason with what this, this situation, I think a lot of Islander fans would have went and saw it. Like I would see, <laughs> like I would see that play. Like, right. can you imagine if, if just like one day you woke, you, you read on the in the New York times that someone wrote a play about John Tavares, like an Islander fan coming to grips with John Tavares leaving. Mm. Like, if it was branded like that, everybody who listens to this podcast would at least think about being like, I think I should go see it because it's about me. Right. And it kind of yeah. was. And like, and that's what I like, that was the problem with the way the, the article came out was like, yes, this play was ultimately about us. Like it was mm. about you. It was about me. It was about everybody reading. It was about Chris King. It was about anybody <laughs> who's like emotionally invested in this team and how like that situation kind of unfolded and we were portrayed in it. Um, but then they did this weird, you know, kind of, I don't want to say it was insulting, like, but it kind of was like a press tour, mm. press piece and whatever. And, yeah. uh, you know, we saw like a couple of days ago, um, like the people who run the play. Oh, and by the way, I met the writer afterwards. Um, and I, we were talking and she was super nice and saying she was a big fan of the, the podcast and still listens. Um, and I was like, I was, I'm the reason I'm here is because. I was afraid like that this play was going to paint me in a terrible light. And she felt <laughs> bad about that. Yeah. And, and so I should say like, she was super, super, super nice. Um, Eliza Burke and Meyer, I believe her name is. Um, and so seeing that, like and talking to her afterwards, I left and I called you immediately after yeah. as I was so goddamn confused <laughs> because yeah. not only is the play like, ab- like the play is very abstract and you know, it's, it's definitely uh, it got some, fun like theater techniques in it if you're into that thing but if if you're an islander fan and you live through that it, you would get a lot more out of it than than i think those folks would but um yeah i called you immediately afterwards because mm. i was just you know couldn't really wrap my head around what just happened for a number of reasons and the most important one being that okay this wasn't some you know like takedown piece of islander fans it was much more of a you know, kind of like look under the microscope of a fan going through a tough time of being a fan. Yeah. That the phone call was really weird. Cause I mean, when I picked up, I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. I hope Mike's not calling me from like jail uh, or something. <laughs> Although I, I assume you would have called your wife if you, <laughs> if you were in this situation like that. Not, not but, in this uh, situation. I said probably would have been you. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Actually that, that makes more sense, I guess. But uh yeah. And, um, yeah, the way he, he, you explained it was, um, you know, a lot, a lot different than how, especially that first New York times article came out, which, you know, when you see your podcast mentioned the New York times in an article that quotes, you know, toxic fan masculinity, you're just like, Hmm, that's very odd. <laughs> you know, cause, cause you know, I mean, you know, Mike and I uh, go, th- we, we try very hard in this show in particular, to offer kind of an, an alternate view of sports podcasts. Like we were just really two guys just yapping. Like we're, we'll be the first to tell you, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're just two friends that like to talk about the Islanders and, and we get very worried about them and how they're, they affect our uh, happiness level probably to an unhealthy degree. And so, you know, we didn't, we just find this as like a kind of a very low key uh, endeavor. And I think a lot of people appreciate that. And so that was a very weird thing to read, in the New York times of all places. And then I read a couple of other reviews. Uh, there was one uh, at vulture, which I think was actually New York magazine. There was one in the times as well that mentioned the same kind of stuff and how uh, like ridiculous and how uproariously strange and funny it was. And I'm like, are they making fun of it? like, do they, do they understand that? Like <laughs> there's a real person, there are real people behind these, these lines that that they said and like we're here man we're still doing this like i don't so i mean i'm i'm assuming that they probably didn't and probably didn't really care all that much but uh yeah what the way you you laid it out was made me feel a lot better knowing that 
you know, it, it wasn't like, cause uh, this is, this is probably absolutely terrible, but I, I'm sure I'm not the first person who have thought this. There's the episode of Seinfeld with Kathy Griffin and she had been in another episode before and now she's back and she has like a one woman play basically calling Jerry Seinfeld the devil. Like, and how he's like <laughs> derailed her comedy career and told her like, you know, she's, she should go back to it. And so that was when, when I read the New York times article, the first thought was like, wait, am I living through that Seinfeld episode? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Griffin has a one woman play and like trashes Jerry and the whole thing. And fortunately to make a long story short, no, we don't, which thankfully, you know, you, you told me about. So, uh, yeah, so this has been a very odd experience. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. there was there were two two quick things to like. Yeah, the odd the, the weirdest part was watching it and being like, oh, I I like I wouldn't remember saying that. Uh, mm. But when someone else said it, I'm like, oh, I remember saying that. I remember lines that you would say and that they took from you and just seeing that that's very strange to see <laughs> you you become a character in a, in a one person. <laughs> and, and it's funny too because because it's fans like especially with now with like amazon and everything like when when fan bases or teams get selected for these like all or nothings or whatever it's exciting like that's cool you got to look behind right. the curtain you get to see like quest for the cup whatever as fans we love it like the islanders version of all or nothing just ended up being a one person play off <laughs> broadway which is kind of <laughs> hilarious in a right. way and very very appropriate for for the islanders and yeah and I guess this podcast, but um, the one thing I do want to say, like that, I give them a lot of credit for, is the that the the line, like there is a character that plays John Tavares, and I guess I can spoil it because it's not going to be on. Bro- uh, but anyway, mm. it's like a little kid. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I did read that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, but the, the the quotes that they pulled, which were from the uh, game when he returned in February, um he says the word obviously like a hundred times. And mm. I was cracking up because it's like, I you know, it's, it's, this is John Tavares talking like, yeah. but it's just a little kid saying what John Tavares said after he got chased out of Nassau Coliseum. Like it was, mm. that was very absurd too. Um, That's funny. But yeah, we, uh, you know, we come in peace. Apparently they came in peace. The New York times tried to not get them to come in peace, <laughs> but it ended up being okay. That's very funny. That's really funny. That's a good way to put it. I'm glad you put it that. That that, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, also, that's my bit making fun of John Tavares by saying obviously 100. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So so there you go. Th- thus ends. Well, I guess it doesn't end because uh, there's still a few more days left in the play. But uh, thus ends the very the very unique. I, I would. Uh, I honestly would say to see it. Honestly, like if you if 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 you ask me, should I see it or not? I would say yes, just because um, it is a it is a kind of a funny just thing to experience uh uh but i don't know if you would like it or not because it is very much a like i said abstract kind of thing but as an islander i, I would say islander fans should go see it if you have or if you somehow just stumbled on this podcast i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i want to say normal people should see it yeah <laughs> i mean there certainly there must be a cross-section of islanders and broadway fans like that's all that's a thing i mean I pers- <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a movie tv guy than a broadway guy you know i'm sure there's a cross-section somewhere there's a venn diagram of Broadway fans and Islanders fans. So yeah, if you have a chance, uh, you still got a few days, so go check it out. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, we're we're going to close up in, in a minute. Uh, you know, we'll be back. I'm sure at some point once the Parisi contract is filed and whoever else is going to show up, you, you're going to be away for the weekend. So it won't be for a couple of days. Maybe we'll try next week or the week after. Um, but I, I just do, I do want to give one, one particular shout out. So at, in our last episode, we, we talked about the schedule, and we talked about, you know, if you're a Seattle-based Islanders fan, I don't know if we have any, uh, you know, this will be your chance to finally go see your team play in your town. Uh, and I got a very nice uh, DM on Twitter by a listener named John Tutty, uh, who said that he's not in Seattle, he's in Portland. Uh, and he, you know, just want to thank us for the podcast. He's holding down the Islanders fan fort in the great city of Portland, Oregon. And uh, I meant to shout him out the next episode. And the next episode turned out to be this one, which was two months after he texted me, he DM me. So, John, thank you very much for the shout out. Thanks for keeping the Islanders uh, spirit alive out in Portland. And uh, maybe you can get up to Seattle and check out a game. I totally meant to make this like a surprise shout out that you would have heard the week after. I did not expect the week to be two months long. So there you go. But thank you very much. Really appreciate you listening. Really appreciate all of our listeners. And uh, we appreciate you uh waiting all this time for Islanders news and then letting us talk about it uh, on this very oddly timed uh, podcast episode. 
So there you go. One more, one more really quick, quick, quick thing. It is funny too with these podcast, like with a podcast that you truly have no idea who's listening. So it's nice to hear from people. And we just got a perfect example of, (laughs) of that. And it literally manifested itself in a one person play. So uh, it is always nice to hear from people because it's, it's nice to know who you are talking to. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. uh, Sometimes they end up being Broadway or off Broadway play writers. Yeah. So there you go. The next step, obviously, to this would be a musical oh, of us. Yeah. And then what were you say? Well, I said Macho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, please, please don't set our, our words to music. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Please don't do that. That would be very, there's, there's enough musicals out there that don't need to exist. We, we don't need one more, but uh, thank you very much, uh, John. Again, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks to everybody for checking us out. We'll be back again. I don't know if we would necessarily call this the first episode of the next season. We'll, we'll probably do that eventually and do some sort of like whatever preview or something once training camp rolls around, but uh, it's nice to be back. It's good. It's great to be back. Uh, and, uh, you know, like in the words of Cheech Marin uh, in Ghostbusters, better late than never. Uh, so, then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date news and discussion. Read Mike at the uh, Action Network. Read his, his work over there. You're on some NFL stuff, I heard now, right? Or at least editing some NFL stuff. Is that... Yeah, yeah, just editing. Most most of the stuff I actually produce is is, is either NHL or or um, soccer and darts, which has also just begun. So uh, yes, the soccer yes, season. Yes. So there you go. Arsenal already in the toilet. So Dom, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's all I know. All I, all I know is I wake up every Saturday and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, Arsenal stinks." Sorry. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, we're all still here, and uh, it's September. September. You can smell the hockey around the corner. Make sure you watch your uh, uh, the um, US UBS Arena live feed. It's getting close. <laughs> they're hanging this they're hanging the scoreboard. They're getting the t- seats up. Uh it's very exciting. I don't yeah, know how they're gonna finish that thing by the They're November. gonna have so many statues to build. This is Zekas, it's <laughs> Pelic now. I mean oh even, even it's just so many statues. They should just hang Sezekis's number while they while you guys are up there, just put a fifty three up there. Just, just while do. while he's like just wait for the right moment for him to like be dinging a puck out of the corner and all of a sudden just <laughs> unveil it while he's yeah. four checking the hell out of the Rangers or something. The band strikes up and it's like <laughs> they pull the thing down. Oh my god, they put it up there. It's crazy. That yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like that's like some Vince McMahon shit right there. But we could do that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh thanks a lot. Uh have a great weekend, have a great la- Labor Day. And uh, check out Shang-Chi. It comes out this weekend. I'll be there. I can't wait. I'm very excited for this. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, when we talk to you next time. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.